Hey family, this is James Taylor, lead pastor of the Heavenly Vision Church, where it is our vision to reach, save, strengthen, and mature. I'm glad you could tune in to this podcast today. I pray that the word will be a blessing to you and help you move towards God's will. Deal with that uh, right now, but I'm just going to lay this principle even at the top. This is not even in my notes. I'm going to throw the creative team off, but I just want to say this right now. I need you to understand that, that you may not enjoy everything you work for. In my notes, I'm just, I want to lay this out as we get into transition because some of us may be pissed off with God right now because some of the things that we worked hard for, somebody else is beginning to enjoy. Most, nobody worked harder for Israel than Moses. But Moses never ate one Greek of the promised land. Not one of those. The Bible says the grapes were big as men's heads. Moses never tasted one of those grapes. He never drank the milk. He never dipped his bread in the honey. And so I need you to begin, as we talk about this conversation of transition, I need you to begin to arrest yourself with the reality that some of the things I'm working for now, I will not be called to enjoy. Some of the, let's talk. Some of the money you're making now, God is not going to release you to spend it. Hallelujah, somebody. And I know, yeah, it worked, talk back to me because I'm wrestling with that myself because I'm, I'm starting to see more come my way. And, and, and I don't know if anybody else is like me, but when you know you got money coming, you already spend it in, in your spirit. Am I, am I the only one? that? Is, <laughs> y'all talk back to me, please. Am I the only one that didn't spend money before? I'm like, yes, I'm already ready. Like, am I the only one to like put stuff in your Amazon cart already? Just I'm just waiting until it check clears. When that direct deposit hit, Lord God. But there are going to be some things that we're not called. We're going to have to suffer through it. We're going to have to do the work for it. But because of transition, we will not be able to enjoy it. And you got to be okay with that. So let's start talking about transition. The first thing you need to understand is that transition is a process or the period of changing from one state or condition to another. It is a transition period. Uh, of changing from one state into another. I just want to lay some things before we go to our text to focus. Here's what I need you to understand. Change is happening to all of us consistently, whether you like it or not. However, it is up to you how we respond to change. You cannot stop change. But you got to make up in your mind that since I know it's coming, let me figure out the best way to respond to it. As humans, we have two general ways to respond to change. And that is in tragedy or through transition. You're either going to respond to change one or two ways. It's going to be tragic to you. Or you're going to say, I recognize that we have this change here, so let me transition through it. Many of us right now, change is happening all around us, and we're too traumatized to do something about it. Tragedy cripples us. Tragedy stops us from being mobile. And this is why the enemy, uh, listen, he, he's classified in the scripture 
uh, as a deceiver, as an as a accuser, and as a liar. And you have to know that when change begins to happen, the enemy is going to make you, watch this, is going to make you blame everybody else. The enemy is going, is, going to, is going to give an overarching tint of negativity to the natural progression of life. But you got to understand that as humans, uh, uh, we, we have to respond to change. And if we respond to change with tragedy, then that means that we're going to be victimized. We're going to have a victimized mentality. We're, we're, we're going to sing these songs every year. Come on, you heard these songs of my mama and my daddy and my family and my friends. And I'm not marginalizing anything that anybody has gone through. But what I need to, you to know as we jump into this, and I want to do this even before I got to my text, because I need this to be in our minds. I need you to know that it's going to happen. It don't matter how much you pray. It don't matter how much you fast. It no matter how much you sow. It's going to happen. Now, what you are in control of is how you handle what happens. And so I want to, I want to rebuke the spirit of tragedy from this house. I was sitting yesterday with my aunt who, 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 who lost her husband. Uh, and, and, and the spirit that she gave me gave me life. My wife and I, we were sitting there talking to her. I was encouraged. We laughing, and, and, and I'm like, wait a minute, why, why is she not responding to the death of her husband in a tragic way? And, I, and, I be, and the Lord began to arrest me even as, as I'm, I'm walking into this morning because she was ready for the change through transition. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You don't have to have transition to have change. But in order to best deal with the change, you need to have a transition. Every changing of the guards, there is a transition team. I pray in the name of Jesus next year in 2020, leading into 2021, around January 21st, I pray to Jesus there's a transition team in Washington. Let me all catch that in November. I, I pray that there's a transition team. That's in the White House, moving one administration out and transitioning another administration in. See, see, see the, the, the change of power is going to happen whether we like it or not. But the, the people that are in that White House changing it out and moving this and moving that and, and, and switching all of the paperwork, that's what is called the transition. And the reason why I want to preach for the next four weeks on transition is because change is going to happen to you whether you like it or not. But what you do in transition will determine how you can maximize it. And so we need to have a transition process. So now the purpose of this series is to equip us with the tools to create transition. You have to create transition. Hear me. You have to create transition. The purpose of this series is to equip us with the tools to create transition that will lead to meaningful and positive responses to the inevitable changes of life. Now, with that said, now you know what we're going to be talking about for the next four weeks? 
transition. I, I, would, I would encourage you, if you can, by all means, just lean in and, and, and just hang out throughout this entire transition. Matter of fact, Deacon Mike, make sure the air is on so everybody's comfortable so nobody has any reason to have to leave early. Uh, I, I want to make sure everybody is comfortable because I need you to lean into this because I, I don't want you to miss anything. I don't want you to miss anything. And if you can, just be here all month. Amen? Just be here all month. Keep coming back. Grab your Bibles now. We're going to read the scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30. We're going to read five verses, verses 15 through 20. Grab that in your Bible. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 15 through 20. Now, we're going to use as a backdrop for our transition the life of Israel, Moses, and Joshua. The people of Israel, Moses, the leader Joshua, the successor. Now, I want to say this as we go into this scripture because I, some of my leaders started, you know, kind of leaning on me. Listen, I, I don't plan on resigning from Heavenly Vision after this series, okay? <laughs> Amen. I don't want, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, you know, trying to lower, you know, soften y'all for a boom, okay? Don't, don't get scared, all right? I, I plan on continuing my tenure through 2020, okay? <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. I ain't going nowhere today, all right? But here's what I, here's what I need you to understand. Don't marginalize this and put it on me. Don't marginalize this and put it on somebody else. Every one of us got to find ourselves, whether either we're the children of Israel, we're Moses, or we're Joshua. Wherever you find yourself, I want to encourage you these next four weeks to fit in or get in rather where you fit in and begin to apply these principles to your life. We ready? All right, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15, it says, See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God, that I command you today by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his way, and by keeping his commandments and his statutes, his rules, then you shall live and multiply. The Lord your God will bless you, in the land that you are entering to take possession of. But if your heart turns away and you will not hear but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are going to possess. You're still going to possess it. You just won't live long enough to enjoy it. You shall not live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live. Loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice, and holding fast to him, for he is your life and length of days, that you may dwell in the land of the Lord. Choose, excuse me, the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. You will come in contact with several choices that they are dealing with right now not forever not for a long time but just for maybe 30 minutes talk to them have a conversation 
and come to a realization that they are wrestling with the same thing you're wrestling with. Choices. Now I need you to lean into this because the choices that you make will determine the life that you live. God is sovereign. God loves you. God will never leave you nor forsake you, but he will not choose for you. So you have to make a choice. One of, one of my favorite a Greek philosophers is Aristotle. Listen to what Aristotle says. Aristotle says, excellence is never an accident. It is always the result of high intention. Since effort and intelligent execution, excuse me, sincere effort and intelligent execution. Listen to what he says. It represents the wise choice of many alternatives. Choice, not chance, determines your destiny. So I need you to understand, and we, we preached this earlier in the year, time and chance happen to us all. But time and chance will not allow us to miss the choices we make. Time and chance may cause us to challenge or question the choice that we make. But ultimately, we have to make the choices that we're going to make. You should have that slide of the Aristotle quote. I want, I want you to put it on the screen just so that everybody can see that. Somebody may, make a, may, may take a picture of it. Somebody may want to uh, share it when they get home. Uh, listen to me. You got to understand that you got some work to do, believe me. Jesus is going, and, and everything that I just said to you before we started this sermon is true. He will take care of you. But you have some responsibility that you're going to have to take. Young, old, indifferent, don't matter, in middle age, wherever you are, you're going to have to make some choices. We together? Now let's push further. After 40 years of dynamic, unidirectional leadership, Moses did, did listen. Here's the deal. Bring my people out of, uh, out of Egypt and take them to the promised land. That's what we're doing. That's your assignment, Moses. Bring them out of Egypt. Take them into the promised land. You're going to have to go through a Red Sea. You're going to have to go through many, many trials. You're going to have to go through wars and, and political incidents. But your goal is to get them from Egypt to Canaan or the promised land. That's your job. And so for 40 years, he takes this directive from God and he continues on. He has to build different systems. He has to hear from God on Mount Sinai on a consistent basis, but he hears from God and he begins to lead them according to the divine will. 40 years of dynamic unidirectional leadership. Listen, Moses was the man Pastor Mike and I were talking off before we got out here. Moses was the man. Listen, if you want some bread, call Moses. You need some quail? Call Moses. Need some rock water? Call Moses. You a little hot and need a cloud? Call Moses. Look dark at night, need some light, need some heat? Call Moses. 
Moses was the end-all, be-all for Israel. Y'all ain't, ain't acting right. You need some laws? Call Moses. Something ain't going right with the people? Call Moses. He is a dynamic leader. He is the man. And after 40 years of being the, the man for Israel, God says to Moses, and, and now, now we're, we're deepening into uh, Deuteronomy, getting toward chapter 30. God says to Moses, I know you've been a dynamic leader, and I know that everything that, that, that I wanted to do through the people of God, that I wanted to do for them, I did it through you. If I wanted to tell them something, I told you to tell them. If I wanted to give you something, I gave it to you to give to them. You were leading them. You, you, you were dynamically leading them in the direction that I wanted them to go. But now, where you've been leading them, you can't go. You can't go to where I've been leading them. You can't go to where you've been leading them. You can't go to where you've been declaring them that they were going to arrive to. Pause. Please understand that there are some of you in here that have been the end-all, be-all for your space. You've been the proverbial Moses for your family. You've been the proverbial Moses for your ministry. You've been the proverbial Moses for your sphere of influence, whether in your career or any other spaces. I need you to understand that Moses has to die. Israel cannot get what God wants them to get to when Moses is still alive. Because many of the Israelites hear me. Now, I'm not speaking physical death over anybody in this room unless that is the will of God. But what I am saying is this, is that God understood that Israel could not get to the promised land as long as their eyes were on Moses. And so now he says, I need you to recognize that there is a transition coming, coming excuse me, for them, Moses, but I need you to get out of the way in order for them to make it happen. Moses, the Bible doesn't tell us exactly how he felt. We don't, we don't get his emotive response beside his obedience to the Lord. And ultimately, that's how we should all respond. Now, God didn't say that you can't be like, but why, God? I'm sad. I don't want to do, I want to do this. I want to do that. Ultimately, you have to obey him. Now, watch this. When God was giving instruction to Moses, Moses never gave the people a choice. This is the word of the Lord. Follow it. This is the direction we go. Go. This is what we do. He consistently made the choice for them. Come on, talk to me, parents. Talk to me, Mama Moses, Daddy Moses. I, I, I told you, it's for all of us. They were at a place in their life that Moses made the choice for them. This is where we're going. This is where we're going to lodge. This is where we're going to eat. This is where we're going to sleep. And after all of these years of Moses making the decisions for Israel, he says, you're going to die, decision maker. And here's what that looks like for some of us. It looks like us resigning our authority as their decision maker. expected that quietness. What if parents, God has brought your son, your daughter to a place to where you have to resign as their decision maker. 
What if God has brought you to the place now to where you cannot point and click for them anymore? That in order for them to go into the promise that God has for them, you're going to have to get out of the way and let them make their choices. Point number one. You need to recognize that Moses could not force the people of Israel to be who God created them to be. And let me help you right now. You cannot force anybody to be who God created them to be. Let me say, my mic, is my mic? You can want it for them. You can pray it over them. You can intercede for them. You, I mean, you can bombard heaven on their behalf. But you cannot make anybody become who God created them to be prophesy to them do all that you're going to do but at the end of the day you have to come to the realization that each of us must make a choice whether on the individual or the institutional level you got to make the choice this is why here's, here's the thing this is why pastoral leadership is so important but here's my caveat we cannot put everything on pastoral leadership. No, no. Listen to me. Your pastors, and I don't know, I don't know if you're noticing this, uh, and, and so I don't want to be so covert. I, I just want to make it clear. Uh, I'm beginning to, to divest my pastoral leadership and begin to reinvest it into people because heavenly vision, hear me, Almost died when Joseph Lee died. You ain't got to believe me. We almost died. Me included. Because he was everything to me. And there were no other pastors that carried the weight. He did all the funerals. He did all the pastoral leadership. But I could have swore God said to Jeremiah, behold, I will give them shepherds that will feed them with knowledge and understanding. You got to understand, the pastoral leaders of this church, they have three main characteristics, three main things that they have to do for you. That is to feed you, lead you, and defend you. Feed, lead, and defend. It's your choice to eat what they feed. It's your choice to follow where they're leading you. And it's your choice to position yourself to receive their defense. Everybody has to make a choice. Gone are the days that you gon' do what I say and you better do what I say. That, see, see, and here's the thing. In a certain season, we need that. But I, I, I got to preach this like I feel it. In the season that every one of us are going into, it's your turn to make a decision. Now, 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 now we got we to gotta, we gotta go here. Point number two. Everybody say number two. The choices we make are irrevocable. However, they are transferable. 
This holds true whether the choice produces blessings or curses. Ain't no psych in Jesus. Ain't no JK. No, God is going to even, hmm, help me, Holy Ghost. And this is something that, I've, that I'm wrestling with in my life right now. Because I've, I've allowed people to make choices. And then I didn't hold them accountable to the choice they made. Because I felt uh, compassion. I felt sorry for them. And what I did not realize is, is that the choice was irrevocable. And so even though I was trying to, to revoke the choice that they made, what I could not do, watch this, I could not change the transfer of the response of the choice onto their next generation or just into their next season. And so now you have to realize that whatever choice you make in this season will determine if you live in blessedness or if you live in curses. Now, I just need to say this right now. Nobody has a problem with blessing, right? Everybody know what blessing is, right? Everybody thank God for blessing, right? Amen. Thank God for blessing. Now, this curse thing, we got to talk about this for a second. Because some of y'all just rebuke me right now. Ooh, I rebuke those curses. I rebuke curses in the name of Jesus. Here's the, here's the thing about curses. Just so we're clear. Curses and judgments are two different things. You cannot avoid the judgment of God. The judgment of God is coming to you whether you like it or not. If you do something wrong, you will be judged. And you will be judged, as the Bible says, the same measure that you meet. But curses, on the other hand, curses can be avoided based upon our choices. Prodigal son. He chose to take his money and go to a foreign land. The land was cursed with a famine. He was getting ready to eat the slop of the pigs in the cursed famine land. He came to himself and said, I'll go to my dad's house because my dad has plenty of food to eat. His servants are balling. And he left the curse and went to the place of blessedness. Let me push here before we go to the next point. You have the decision to make you have the choice to make that even when you make a choice and you have to deal with the curses of that choice, you have another choice to make after that. Do I remain in the curse or do I choose to go to a different place? Some of us are so stubborn and we don't want to let folk know that they were right about the advice that they gave us. Hallelujah. We will suffer through curses just so that we can't give them the satisfaction of knowing they were right about us. Oh, I feel like I'm talking to somebody in the room, talking to myself and my spirit. Listen to me. You will determine how long you live in the curse. Did you hear what I just said? You can come out of the curse today. You don't have to let the curse go to your children and your children's children. Here it is. Any curse that's transferred to your children is a curse that you have not left. And since you have not left them, you birthed them, you birthed them in the place of the curse. But there's a few of us that say, I'm getting out and I'm bringing everybody with me. Pa 
pack up your clothes, get your stuff, take that picture off the wall, let's get out of the curse. Here it is. This is why things have to drastically change. Because we're deciding, we're making the choice to leave the curse. Some stuff is just going to stay cursed. But you don't have to stay in it. Okay. The choices we make are irrevocable. However, they are transferable. This holds true whether our choice produces blessing or curses. Now, we got to hear this in the spirit. Just like I can transfer a curse to you, I can transfer blessing to you. Now, watch this. Once I transfer the curse to you, or I transfer the blessing to you, you then have to make a choice to accept what I've transferred. So for all of you in here that say, well, mama, daddy, dead, and this is what they did to me. Now, the, now the choice is yours. Are you going to stay in the curse that your mom put on you? Are you going to stay where they left you? Or are you going to make a decision to move forward? Are you going to make a choice to say, listen, this is what I was born in, but I'm not going to die in it. This is where I started, but this is not where I'm going to finish. This is what was given to me, but it's not what I'm going to receive. I am making a choice. Israel is at a point of transition. They're getting ready to go to the promised land, and God looks at Moses and says, hey, man, you can't go with them. Because as long as you are there, they are not going to take responsibility for their movement. They will keep their eyes on you and watch where you go, and they'll, and they'll follow you. Not trusting that I can talk to them for myself. This is why Moses' mama got to get out the way. This is why Moses' daddy got to get out the way. This is why Moses' bishop got to get out the way. So that people can actually understand that God loves you enough to talk to you. Again, let me reiterate this. I'm not retiring. At least not this year. But I'm recognizing that if I'm not careful, I will set myself in the same pattern as my predecessors. Who became the end-all, be-all for the people so they couldn't even really pray for themselves. They couldn't even really stand up on their own spiritual legs because the man of God, the woman of God, always charged in on their proverbial right horse and fixed everything. Some of these demons, you got to fight for yourself. Some of these struggles, you're going to have to find the street to get out of it. I will give you the instructions. I will point you in the right direction. But you're going to have to pick up your own legs and get there. Some of us as spiritual leaders are weary beyond the work because we're doing things God never told us to do. God told the shepherd to leave the sheep, not carry the sheep. And instead of us 
leading the sheep, we've put them all on our shoulders. Come on, Bishop. That's your issue. That's not mine. Mama, Daddy, Big Bro, Auntie, Big Mama, my dear, all of them. There are some burdens that you're carrying right now that is hindering their maturity. And some of you are allowing your love for them to lull them into a false sense of security. The last time I checked, you just like me gonna die. And if we don't prepare them before we die on how to deal with life from up underneath our wing, they will die in the wilderness on the other side of Jordan. And so Moses says, I'm getting ready to die. I'm getting ready to get out of here. And so I'm getting ready to do something I ain't never done. Let me talk to Moses for a minute. Because now you're going to have to do something you've never done. Because you didn't cook for them. You didn't fed them. You didn't led them. You didn't drove them from here to there. They ain't never had to catch the bus because you're doing it. And even now, you, you, you're doing everything you can to make sure that they're convenienced. Listen to me. Now, when they have to go into the world... They will not be capable of making choices, at least those that will impact their life. And so Moses says, I, most, Israel ain't never had to make a choice since they left Egypt. Here's the rock, drink. There, there, there's the pillar, follow the cloud. There, there's the fire, stay right there. There's a tabernacle, make this offering, do this, do that, go here, go there, tabernacle here, wait right here, you eat, y'all sit right there, you sit right there. Yeah. Now Moses says, hey, I got to teach you how to do something different. Oh Lord. So he gets all the way to chapter 30 and he does something that he's never done in his leadership. He says, I give you a choice. And they probably looked at Mo like, what? What? You got to make a choice. What is, what is this choice? You done told us what to eat, where to sleep. You done told us when to walk, when to sit down. You done told us everything. When you lift your arms up, we strong. When you put your arms down, we weak. Everything in our life is connected to you, Mo. But I need you to make a choice today. I know, I know, I know I, I may have done you a disservice. And this is probably why the Lord ain't let me go into the land. But I've done you a disservice by taking your choice. I've done you a disservice by doing it for you. I've done you a disservice by, by, by running in and being the, the captain and the saver all the time. And so he says, I need you to make a choice ready to get out of here. I need you to make this choice now. I need you to make this choice. And here are your choices. Life or death. Here are your choices. Blessedness or curses. Now let me make it very clear. Moses is not God. Your mama, your daddy are not God. The pastor is not God. But as they are called to, to present the choices to you, they are representatives of God. 
necessarily they represent the most favorable choice for your life. Don't miss what I just said. They necessarily represent the best choice for your life. Now, if you choose contrary, oh, hallelujah, Jesus. If you choose contrary to them because of their character, not understanding the nuance of your choice, you will necessarily choose death to spite them. Some of us have had good people in our life give us good wisdom, but because of how we felt about how they said it to us, we immediately decided to do contrary what they said because we didn't like how they said it. And we wanted to do what we wanted to do despite them. Not understanding that when we went contrary to them, the only other alternative was death. So instead of us dealing with them and how they gave it to us, we spite them and choose the alternative, which is death. Have I lost anybody? Now, Moses, all of us who are Moseses, we got, we got to figure out how to, how to change the language. We got to figure out how to give them the choice better. Because we got to understand that some of them are just pissed off at us because we us. Am I preaching in the church? Am I, am I in your house? Now, I, I'm not scrolling. I'm not trolling your Facebook. I'm dealing with me and where God has me. And I know that because I'm the pastor of this house and you in this house, he's dealing with you the same way. We got to make sure that we say it right. But here it is, Israel. Don't choose death just to spite Moses. Because no matter what frailties Moses has, and now watch this. Moses is going to have to deal with his frailties. Moses don't even get to go into, into the promised land. We're going to have to deal with whatever God is challenging us to deal with. Granted. But don't allow yourself to choose death and curse just so that you don't do what Moses said. Make up in your mind. That I got to make a quality choice, even though I'm up against the wall. Which leads us to our last point, and I'm going to pray for you. The best choices are made through absorbed wisdom, rather than harbored wrath. The best choices are made through absorbed wisdom. Rather than wrath that we harbor. Some of us. Me included. Because I ain't always been Moses. Shoot, I didn't been Joshua and Israel. <laughs> I didn't been in all the seats. But there were seasons in my life. Where I had wrath in my heart toward Moses. I didn't like that my granddaddy told me who I couldn't be with. Hallelujah. And I was with her in spite of him. Only to find out that he was right. Right. But because I didn't like how he said it to me. Can, can, I, can, I, can I testify just for a second? 
the girl on my bank account. My mama got, I, listen, I got, a, I got a witness. And when the statement came to my granddaddy's house, he said, what? I wish y'all knew, Pastor, y'all look at the picture. That picture fools y'all. He was loud. He said, boy, this don't make, this ain't, this ain't it. Don't you do it. That, that, ain't, that, that girl ain't for you. That ain't the one. This ain't it. Don't you do it. And I said, you don't, you don't know me. You don't know my life. You, 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 you 80 years old. You don't know what a 20, 19, what, you don't. And so I chose contrary to Moses. To my detriment, to my curse. And the only way I could step out of that curse was to go back to the place of blessedness. And my Moses had to die. My Moses ain't seeing nothing that we're doing right now. And he prophesied it all to me. But I wouldn't be where I am right now if I stayed contrary to my Moses. And so I don't know who I'm talking to in here, but you got to deal with your wrath. Talk to somebody. Tell them how you feel. Tell them that you're mad. But listen to the fact that right is still right. Absorb the wisdom. Because that's the only way we're going to make it through this transition alive and well and blessed and not cursed. We're going to unpack this all month. But listen to this. I don't even know if I put it on the slide, but I need you to hear this. If the enemy can keep us bound by the offenses of men, he can render us defenseless from the offensive of darkness. If the enemy can keep you bound by the offenses of men. If he can keep you pissed off about what folk have said and done to you in your life. He can make you so worried about fighting them in the flesh. That your whole six is uncovered. And hell is running straight through your body. Killing your destiny. While you fighting somebody in the flesh. Your spirit is dying by the day and you are becoming defenseless in the transition of your life. I'm gone. Why do you think it's happening now? Why do you think you got to deal with this now? Because now is the transition season. Now is the turn. And if the devil can keep your eyes off your mama that talk crazy, if the devil can keep you on on the fact that they did this and they hurt you, if the devil can keep you focused on the fact that they don't understand you and allow you to take your eyes off the fact that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, then he can, he can lead you right into a curse and you walk boldly into it. You ain't going to tell me what to do. 
Forget y'all, I can make it without y'all. I was born by myself and I died by myself. Forget y'all, I don't need y'all. And you choose death and curse. Notice what he says to them as I pray for you. He says, you won't even know that you chose wrong because you'll be in the land. But the only way you know you're cursed is that the stuff that was supposed to last start dying early. And things that were supposed to have longevity are shortened. And check your life. Check your life, Israel. And ask yourself, what has died in my life prematurely? And could this be a sign that I'm in the promise but I brought a curse into my promise. Choice. I command you this week to give consideration. Oh, maybe I can't command you. I encourage. I suggest. Let me present you with your options. <laughs> Choose life. Yeah. Choose blessing. Read this scripture all this week. He says, listen, you got to obey. You got you to love me. You got to serve me. These, these, these are the things that come with the choice, hallelujah, of life. Now, let me help you. Don't get mad at the choice you made. If you choose life, then that means you're choosing a life of obedience. If you choose death, then you ain't got to do what nobody say. This is a time of transition. Every one of us, you be honest. You're, you're in a season of transition right now. Your whole life is getting ready to change in the next two months. You will not go into 2020 in the same space. Even if it's just your mind, everything is changing. You're having to have hard conversation that you've never had before. You're having to confess stuff to people that you said you was going to take to your grave. You're, God is opening your eyes and showing you stuff about your things that you suppressed about your childhood is beginning to come to the surface and you're having to reconcile things that you did. I know, I know because it's me too. You ain't by yourself, brother. You're not by yourself, sister. And as you begin to move from one space to another, God says how you move will be important to how life is when you get on the other side. We all got to move. We all got to go somewhere. Some of us is a big move. Some of us is a small move. Some of, some of us is, is life and death. Some, some of us is, is, is blessing and curse. But whatever it is, you got to walk into it now. So let's spend some time together these next couple of weeks. And let's get some, let's get some tools on how to best transition. I'm not going to lie to you. 
I'm, I'm gonna probably be more transparent with you in this series than I have been almost in all my 17 years of pastoring because I'm recognizing now that I'm in a transition. I kid you not. Two thousand and two thousand. Heavenly Vision was offered a, a massive property. The leadership, because of where they were, they was like, "No, we we pass, we pass, can't do it, can't do it." No. On the other side of me making a choice, I get a call from the owner. They reach out to us, saying, "We need to have a meeting." What can we do about this property? How can we transfer this stuff? How can we make this change? I can't make this stuff up. If you choose life, blessing will ensue. If you choose death, curses will ensue. You've got to make a choice. Your mama can't make it for you. Your daddy can't make it for you. Your pastor can't make it for you. The people you love can't make it for you. You got to make it for yourself. Moses has a 40-year tenure. Joshua's is significantly shorter. We'll talk about this more next week. And Joshua ends his life the same way Moses ended his. You got to make a choice. So, Father, I live with you. Every man, woman, boy, and girl on the sound of my voice. I pray now in the name of Jesus that you would begin to infuse them with strength, grace, and wisdom that they, like the children of Israel, make a choice. Nobody can force them to live holy. Nobody can force them to live right. Nobody can force them to push beyond their comfort into their destiny. No, no, nobody, nobody can make them take the test. No, 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 nobody can make them submit the application. Nobody can make them discipline themselves in a particular area of their life. They have to make the choice to do so. But I pray through this time in the word today that we are all made aware of the fact that the choice is ours. I pray that they absorb wisdom. I pray that you give every one of your sons and daughters, give us all the way to absorb wisdom and, and, and simultaneously to release every wrath that we have in our souls so that we make the right decisions and the best choices for our life. And so we declare it to be done and is so. In Jesus' name. Amen. Were you blessed by the message you just heard? If so, please leave a review so others can glean from the lessons you learned. And if you would like to help us continue ministry, feel free to give at HVCLA.com. We love you, family.